tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Post Radio, in the building for another recap of a football weekend. Very interesting weekend. I think I say that every time, but it's been a different type of year. Great games. I'm feeling good because I got some predictions, right? Like, what? I got predictions, right? I, I stopped doing predictions 2011 when I had a blog. It's called Straight Up Real Talk. And I got all my predictions wrong. I'm like, I'm never doing football predictions again. All right, I got him right. I feel good. On uh, today, we have Ariel in the building. Ariel, how you doing today? It was scared. It was good. I also to agree with you. Some of my minds was right. I said, oh, look at us being on point this week. The one that was wrong was the Falcons, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, I think I think I said, uh, I think I said Brady. I didn't have any faith in the Falcons. Well, true. No, you did. You did. You did. Like, you, you did say that. You want the Falcons to win, but you went logically with the bu- the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And, you know, they did good. We're going to talk about it all. But, man, like a lot of great stuff. We have a lot to get to. So let's get into these scores. It was a lot of close games on this past weekend. So on Sunday, you had the Giants versus the Washington football team, 30-29. to 29. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to do that again. So we had a lot of close games on this football weekend. So we start on Thursday. The Washington football team narrowly beat the Giants 30-29. to 29. We'll be talking about that really soon in the show. You had the Buccaneers washed the Falcons 48-25, to 25, although the Falcons did try to come back. And they did do pretty good against that defense. So you got to give them love for that. The Bears won against the Bengals 20-17. to 17. Texans and Browns, the Browns beat them 31 to 21. Rams versus Colts 27 to 24, another close game. Bills shut out the Dolphins 35 to 0. I think Tua got injured in that game. Patriots versus the Jets 25 to 6. Bill Belichick be bullying the rookies, be bullying the freshmen. All right, 49ers <laughs> versus the Eagles. 49ers win 17 to 11. Raiders versus the Steelers in a shocker. I saw this game 26 to 17 against Ben Roethlisberger, like, whoa, all right? Panthers versus Saints, 26-7. to And, you know, Jameis Winston's looking real normal. He's looking real regular, okay? And you got the Broncos versus the Jaguars. Jaguars win 23-13. to Cardinals versus Vikings, another close one, 34-33 for the Cardinals. Cowboys versus the Chargers, last second field goal, 20-17, the Cowboys win. Titans at the Seahawks, a really close overtime game, 33 to 30, the Titans win. And the game of the week for me. Yes, sir. I got it right. 36 to 35 for the Ravens. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson and his amazing night in a second. And of course, the Packers beat the Lions. As I expected, Ariel didn't expect it, but I, I definitely expected it. I didn't. I didn't expect it, so I give you that one. That's fine. Throw yeah. me underneath the bus and all. Yeah, the, 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 the Lions are going to be the Lions. They, they're going to be the Lions. Come on. <laughs> so let's start. Let's show some love to HBCUs. Um, and we do a whole entire separate episode about HBCUs. You, you can check out on HBC Post YouTube as well as Post Radio. But we want to give you a glimpse into what the HBCU weekend looked like. So it was a lot of money games uh, on this weekend. And, of course, in our um, HBCU episode that we did 
we talked about Deion Sanders comments about it where Deion Sanders wasn't rocking with money games he basically said that it kills the morale of the team and embarrasses the team like you know how does that help you getting a little bit of money just get beat down and well Deion Sanders didn't get beat down because if I told you this and I want to just say this Aria they do this a lot on TV if I told you that Jackson State went into Louisiana Monroe and they scored a touchdown and Louisiana Monroe did not score any touchdown they just kicked a field goal what would you think? I would say that, you know, they're losing because it's only field goals, of course. Yeah, you you would think that Jackson State, it was an upset. Like, oh, my gosh, they scored a touchdown. They held them to just field goals. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's not the case because somehow, someway, University of Louisiana at Monroe Warhawks, they beat Jackson State just on field goals. Jackson State and Shador Sanders got one touchdown. So, it was sort of odd, <laughs> like, but that was it was a really good game. Um, but I want to ask you this, Aria, like, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think specifically about that Jackson State versus University of Louisiana at Monroe game? I mean, honestly, my first thought is that's a little embarrassing. Um, not not on Deion Sanders' part, but on Shador Sanders and the team collectively. I wouldn't really say Deion Sanders because Deion Sanders, like how you had said, he really doesn't like the money games. And I don't like the money games either, as we discussed in our YouTube episode at HBCU Pulse, because... It does kill the morale. And also, what are you teaching these kids besides recognition that, oh, going out here and being beat by a greater team that's probably stronger than you, better than you, what is that teaching them? So it was, I don't know, it's embarrassing to look at it and be like, dang, Shadur Sanders had such this great time last week, had such a great game this week, and then you go and get beat by straight field goals. That doesn't, not saying that he's not going to be better in his next two games coming up, but it doesn't look good for him to have a comeback winning game and then go in there and lose well looking at his stat line 27 of 40 243 yards one touchdown one interception it wasn't necessarily a bad game i think what really beat jackson state because they had that 76 lead for a very long time i think what beat them the most was the turnovers like that's what got them the most and i think that shador sanders looked impressive because I saw him playmaking, I saw him moving out the pocket, I saw him like trying to make things happen. So I think that in a non-conference game, they did the best they could do. And I do think Deion Sanders made a point in Coach Prime because what Coach Prime wanted to do, he wanted to say, listen, our boys can compete with him. Now, granted, it's University of Louisiana at Monroe. They're a losing team in their regular conference, but he proved a point. So I think his point was well proven. And I'm looking forward to the next game the, that they play in the SWAC, which is going to be against Alabama a and I've been beating the table about that game. A Quill Glass versus Shador Sanders, the battle of the two NFL prospects. I think that's going to be a classic. It wasn't that classic in the spring, but now Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, has his boys. So I'm for sure excited for that one. But let's talk about a Quill Glass because a Quill Glass actually had a great game. It was turbulent weather. The weather was crazy. They were playing on a soccer field, too. I don't know. If they I play- remember I texted you. I said, huh? And I was like, is this a soccer field, Randall? Uh, something's, not, something's not right. Listen, they, like, they were going for goals, not touchdowns at that point. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, like I, I know we were playing soccer. Like, like, like what, what, what did I turn to, all right? Well, I guess a cool glass, he, he's a dual threat in sports. He can play soccer and football, too. Put him on any field. Well, he's, 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 he's not a dual threat in, in football, football, because he, he don't run. But he got... Uh, he, 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 
He, he's not he's not like Lamar Jackson type like like he, he's not even he's not like Shador Sanders as far as like how because Shador Sanders is not like super quick he can move I think you know a quill like he's not that person that you put pressure on he just gonna evade defenders I think he does enough just to get the the angle to the passing and then throw it to his his intended receiver but like I think that this game he did well Bethune Cookman notoriously has a great defense. He, he went 22 for 35 as far as his passing. He threw for 234 yards, two touchdowns, and it was raining. It was storming really badly, so bad. There was an hour delay on the game, and it was shown on ESPNU, and they had that thing on a delay. I knew they weren't going to cancel it, but it was actually a really good game that got close. I think Bethune is going to be good in the conference, but what did you think about the game, Ariel? Well, I mean, to go back to your point, of course, we know that Glass is a great passer, but I think what makes him, and I can see him potentially going in as a dual threat quarterback, being able to run, is because he's adaptable. And you saw a lot of that when they were playing with Cookman. He can go anywhere and still make that play. So that's what I think Glass is really good for. And of course, we all know that he is a top NFL prospect for the class of 2022, and we hope to see him and him for be great after that year. But I love him personally, and I'm so glad that you put me on to him because I see greatness in this man. And actually, Randall, I think their next game will be Tuskegee on the 25th. Not that that is a big game, but defensively, Tuskegee has shown us that they can fight. Offensively, they will probably get crushed against Glass just because they don't have it together with their quarterback or with their threats to make it down the field. So that next game isn't as probably big as we see that they go against Jackson State on October 9th, which we're really looking forward to, and Alcorn State coming in on November 20th on ESPN+. Plus. But Kill Glass is looking good right now for the past three years, 50 to 60% completions. Very proud of that. Looking really good against Bethune-Cookman. He's going to go well. If he continues to do this, he was SWAC Offensive Player of the Week three times last year, got it again September 6th. So he's only going to get better after that. And the Tuskegee game, I don't know how that one's going to go, and plus it doesn't really count. like that. That's why I look past it, because Tuskegee, I, I don't know what's going on with them. I think like they got a win last week, um, and they, they won a game they were supposed to win last week, but I just... I want to see them get in their groove. I don't know if they're still trying to sort of knock off the rust from not playing in the spring. I think that is that the A&M versus Tuskegee game, if Tuskegee comes to play, it will be a closer game than imagined. But I just want to see a Quill Glass versus, you know, Shadur Sanders. And that defense, because Jackson State's defense showed up in that ULM game, and he showed that they have a good defense, and that's going to be their calling card. But I think that with the money games, we had another quarterback that really showed and proved to me Felix Harper, who is Alcorn's quarterback, he threw for 20 of 33, 265 yards, one touchdown, one interception, really close to Shador Sanders, you know, really close to that type of number. So what do you think about that game? Because that game was surprisingly narrow, and it was, and they had him scared for us. They had him scared for a second because Alcorn took, Alcorn took it to him. They were really close. It looked like they were about to go on and take over that game. But, hey, South Alabama just won it out. So what do you think about that game? I mean, it was a lot of close games. I mean, Akil Glass won by three points against Bethune-Cookman. Of course, we understand the outcome of Shredder Sanders to play in the University of Louisiana Monroe. Then you got Phillips Harper versus South Alabama. His stats did look close to Shredder Sanders, but I think Felix Harper is just a little bit more impressive because he has a little bit more time, a little bit more knowledge 
besides Shadur Sanders having Deion Sanders as his father, he's played more. He's out there more. And I was hoping for a bigger turnout for Alcorn just because, of course, when we saw them in the MEAC swag challenge, of course, that wasn't like the real Felix Harper, but we got to see a piece of what this swag player year was going to bring. And now he's coming back into his groove. He's looking good, even though Alcorn is third in the West. They're going to get up in rank. They're going to be great competition when they do play Alabama A&M. I can't wait to watch that game as well. But he's looking good. Of course, Akil Glass is going to be top. He's number one right now, number one in the East, and specifically number one in the swag as a quarterback. But Phyllis Harper has a chance maybe to take it back. I don't. I see him coming second, of course, to Akil Glass. But he's proving himself more that, hey, I earned this title for a reason. They did absolutely well against this Southern Alabama game. And I have to do an honorable mention to Lane College. So yes. I was locked into watching the Lane College versus Fort Valley game, and I thought you just could pencil in a win, Fort Valley over Lane College. They beat Tuskegee, did surprisingly well, better than I expected against FAMU. And Lane normally hasn't been the contending team in the SIAC, but they've been proving some stuff to me. They've been making me eat my words because they beat Clark Atlanta 35-26, and Clark has gotten better over the years. And then an upset over Fort Valley 27 to 24, where Fort Valley has been a stalwart in the SIAC East, made, you know, the um the, the 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 championship a couple times. We won one versus Kentucky State 2016, lost it to Tuskegee in 2017. So Albany and Fort Valley have always run the SIAC. So to see Lane College come in and they're 2-0 in SIAC play. They didn't do that bad against University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff, who was a SWAC championship finalist versus A&M in a close game. So I'm interested to see how this season is going to go. And I predict that Lane College, I think they'll be undefeated in SIAC play until they face Miles College and Miles is going to get them because Miles is the defending champion. 2019, they won. Miles College's defense is crazy. and But here's the thing. They're going to win against Edward Waters. That's an automatic win to me. Texas College, I believe that's a win. And Kentucky State, that might be their closest, you know, run up within the next few weeks. But Kentucky State, they not going to beat Lane College. Lane College is on a roll. And I wonder, because their schedule looks interesting. They don't play Albany State. They okay. don't play Savannah State. Really? So, so, yeah, they don't. So, I wonder if this will be enough to get them to the SIAC Championship. I'm not 100% sure. But I guess we'll see. I mean, you've been right on predictions starting this week. You've been on a roll. So, I mean, they might want to listen to you on this one. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, that Fort Valley game, I just think it's early in the season. I don't know if the strength of the schedule is going to play a part. And I don't know because Kentucky State could very well be a game where it's like, nah, Kentucky State won. But we'll see. I got faith in Lane College. They're proving me wrong. But. Let's go into the NFL. So we got to start with the Chiefs and the Ravens game. Oh, my gosh. It was an amazing uh, game. It was everything that I expected. And you had Lamar Jackson, fifth career game with over 200 passing yards and 100 rushing yards. Like, really proved me right, man. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I, I got to give him hand claps because, whoa. And he did that one pass where he jumped up and he threw it. Because he started the game, like, really bad. He started off with two straight interceptions. I'm like, boy, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day, man. But then he came back, started 
throwing the ball and not running as much, but then he chose his spots and he ran, he rushed. So what did you think about Lamar Jackson's performance? Like, what did it say about him? You also got to remember he flipped into the end zone too, which I remember I, I didn't telling wanna, you that you didn't like. I, I, I didn't want to mention that. I, I hated it. I hate, I'm telling you why I hated it. Because those are the type of plays in a close game, because the game was 36 to 35, the Ravens won. That's a game in a close game scenario that you flip into that end zone, you lose the ball. Like, I don't like that. Now, if you, if you, and people can call that front running if they're winning by a touchdown or two. They call that front running. But you flip into the end zone, you break your neck. You flip into the end zone, you break your arm. Now we're looking at you crazy like, why are you showing off? And you're playing against the Chiefs because they did give Patrick Mahomes the ball back. You know, that fumble, that fumble is what cost them the game. But they did give Patrick Mahomes that ball back, and they were in field goal range when that fumble happened. So that whole entire showboating situation could have went a different way. But because they won, people aren't really vilifying the showboating because all all the sports media and sports world cares about is a win. You could go oh for for fifty eight and rush for two yards, but as long as you win, well, Lamar Jackson didn't go well, but the defense did good against Patrick Mahomes. They're not going. They're not going to pile on him like that. But if he, he lost and had this same stat line, he's a good quarterback. Be showing off. So I didn't like it because it could have cost an injury and it could have cost him the game, Loki. It could have cost him the game, but it's the Chiefs and the showboating got him that win. Him flipping got that win. That going for hail marys, those everything that he was doing got him that win. Lamar Jackson had to prove himself in this game because obviously against the Raiders, we're looking at here like he's the same old Lamar Jackson, always trying to do extra but can never win, always choking when it comes to the end when he does get up. And this, it put into effect that, hey, even though he's doing a lot, it got him this win. That's what he has to do. He has to stay in high momentum, high intensity if he wants to play against these really good teams and win. Now, granted, I'm going to give you this win because I thought the Chiefs were going to do it because it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, who who's really who really going to do? Like, you can do your best and still lose. You know, besides Tom Brady, I give him that, but it's Tom Brady. But I didn't expect him to go in here and lose this close to the Ravens, and I'm going to have to give it to Lamar Jackson. He proved me wrong just a little bit. He still has that. I wouldn't say stage fight, but scary moments where it's like, Lamar, like how you said, you're fumbling, you was in field goal range, you could have won that game off of that. And then giving Patrick Mahomes the ball back, you know he's going to do it. He's going into being the next Tom Brady. He's going to make those plays, give him 30 seconds, he's going to score that touchdown regardless. But he's lucky. It was a lucky win. It was a very lucky win for Lamar. And I'm just going to have to see in his next game, could he be even more luckier? Can he divide the score? Because these close games, like Patrick Mahomes, are not always going to save you. And sometimes can ruin your reputation because you're only winning by close scores. Can you blow somebody out? Can you have a 10-point lead? What can Lamar Jackson do to further his career, to further his reputation as I'm not just a choking quarterback? Well, I can assure you that Lamar Jackson is going to be fine next week. They're playing the, the Lions. They're going to be fine. They're playing the Lions. And we saw what the Lions did on Monday night. But I think that it was an interesting quarterback matchup because I can't. we can't say anything about Patrick Mahomes because that wasn't like a game where, oh, my gosh, the defense shut down Patrick Mahomes. Like, it was just, it was a scoring type of night. Lamar Jackson was putting it together. He made good decisions. Like, if you look at Mahomes' stat line, 24-31 passing, he threw for 343 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. So it wasn't like Patrick Mahomes just got did in. But I would ask you this. 
So you have Lamar Jackson, 200 passing yards, 100 rushing yards. He played his game well, but Patrick Mahomes also played his game well. And Nick Wright said this on TV yesterday, that everyone was like collectively held their breath after Lamar Jackson got that touchdown and Patrick Mahomes got that ball back. Because we all thought, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> he was like, here we go. Lamar Jackson, now you did good, but you gave Patrick Mahomes the ball back. So who do you think won the quarterback battle? Because I think it's hard to tell. So I think I want you to be the deciding voter. So who won the, the quarterback battle between Mahomes and Jackson? Just because of consistency and just because I know what that team can bring with him on it, I'm going to have to say Mahomes. Like, Lamar Lamar Jackson, he's a, he's a great quarterback. I'm not taking that from him. Probably one of the best, going to be top three in our next generations when finally all these old, quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, and like Rossenberger decide to leave. Once they leave, it's going to be a whole new era. But for right now, Patrick Mahomes is just carrying it. He's doing everything that he needs to be told. He's constantly improving. He rarely messes up. Everybody messes up. And of course, Lamar Jackson, sometimes he messes up big time. He knows how to come back from him, though, but you're not going to have those problems with Mahomes. And until you get that with Lamar Jackson, until he kind of trains himself a little bit more, kind of calms down a little bit more, but still have that great quarterback skills, have those things that he can build on, he just, he won't be it for me. He's great, but he's still got a lot to learn. Well, I don't know when Tom Brady's retiring, so I don't know if we'll ever see that era era because Tom Brady's going to just keep going, especially with that good offensive line. I don't know. You know, Stephen A was just like, I can't see him to 50. I, I totally disagree, but at the same time, I... It's not gonna be anytime soon, but like he really pushing it if he go to fifty. Like, I mean, he just he just wants to be there at this point. I mean, we're like like we're we're not in Tom Brady's body. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this ain't Freaky Friday, man. You know? So it's like we can't say like, oh man, you know, his, his legs messing up. Like we we just don't know. Cause it's like if he gets a lane, cause he barely gets touched. And I thought it was interesting that that I think it was one play where they sacked Tom Brady. Like the that, they actually sacked him twice. twice. The only time. That, and it was crazy that it was the Falcons, the only team, the team that really doesn't look good put all together, especially defensively, stacked Tom Brady twice on Sunday, which is unheard of. You would never thought that the Falcons could do it. Maybe somebody else, but not the Falcons. But I mean, <laughs> but if every team does that, okay. But if the offensive line holds up the way that it did against Dallas, he can play till he's 50 because he's going to be protected. And that's really my thing is, like, if Tom Brady is protected, he's not going to get injured. He's going to be perfectly fine. The only way he, he the only way he can get injured is to doing yoga. He, he stretches back out. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's on, he, like, the, only, the only threat to, to Tom Brady continuing to play is Tom Brady at this point. You know what I'm saying? That's that's true, and I, and I can give you that. But also to this point, half of the teams in the NFL are new. The centers are new. Everybody is new. So Tom Brady's not really working with that. Essentially, like he still has his guys. That whole Super Bowl team is back. He doesn't have to replace anybody. So it also comes into a factor as, of course, we know that the Bucks are great at recruiting, and we know that they're great at building their players. You know, it's kind of like a mini Alabama down there in the NFL. They're going to produce great product regardless. But will they? If they have to get a holding line, just because some people may get hurt or injured, they want to retire, even though he might bring them back like Gronk. Are they going to be able to prepare their new players in time to still defend Tom Brady how he's used to defending? Will that be a factor as to when he leaves? Because he just has great guys right now. What happens when you have to replace everybody 
like the Lions, kind of like the Titans, a little bit like the Falcons, like when you get those new guys. And I think you, what you said was interesting. You said that the Buccaneers are like a mini Alabama, so I guess Tom Brady's Nick Saban. Cause it's like they weren't good before. He coaches and quarterback. <laughs> I, just, oh, I, guess, yeah. I guess Tom Brady's Nick Saban. So let's talk about, and this is something that you really were adamant about. So the Titans and Seahawks overtime, and the Giants lost to Washington. They ended on some phony calls. So I want you just to go in. Were the flags in the NFL this weekend? Was it a huge problem? It was such a huge problem, especially with them taunting calls. A lot of them cost them about a good couple of yards. The only thing about the, the um, Titans, I will give them that a reverse call against Jones. It still hurts to say his name just because he left against Julio Jones, just because that was a touchdown. And I don't, I don't think anything of it. And they probably could have potentially won that game if it wasn't reversed. But as well, the Seahawks, they missed too many chances to take it into overtime. They missed it in overtime too, given that tight, given the Titans, and they're going to be a great team. Remember, this is the team that the Falcons' new head coach, Arthur Smith, built up. He built up Derrick Henry. He built up that quarterback. So he's still working off of that third year. The Titans still being great. So you have them going in, winning off, winning off a field goal, getting it down the yards. Russell Wilson kind of fumbled the bag in this one because he was doing great these this past game. He was doing great in preseason as well. And then you do this. Now, the New York Giants and Washington, that really pissed me off. The New York Giants, though, were just stupid penalties, honestly, offsides towards the last four minutes of the game, last two minutes of the game. And then that one flag call that brought Washington back to be able to kick the field goal twice and on the second time make it. I think that was the most phony call ever. If some, I don't believe in second chances when it comes to football, unless you deserve it. Like a comeback, you coming back from 18 down, Cool, but a last minute, four second kick field goal. Okay, I kicked the field goal and then missed, but oh, there was a flag. I was offside. I got to come back, and then I get to kick it again and win. I think that's just a one. That that was a game that the New York Giants could have won, and it was stolen from them because of that one flag. Very true, and I think that referees are a problem across all sports. And I think when you look at it, the referees' main goal is to control the game and make sure it doesn't get out of hand and to mitigate it. And I think oftentimes the referees being humans, they make errors that that cause real results. And I think that it needs to be just a look at referees and how they do their jobs in all sports. And I don't know if maybe another betting scandal needs to happen because when Tim Donahue in the NBA, when that situation went down, oh my gosh, we were like, listen, abolish all referees. Bring in the NBA (laughs) organization. Like, so maybe that needs to happen again for us to do a referee shakeup. But I feel exactly where you're coming from. But I want to do an honorable mention. I want to toss to you again. So the tight ends on on Sunday this whole weekend. So talk to us about just the tight end play this weekend. I to be honest, it was just it made my heart sing. You can hear it in my voice. Like it was a tight. Tight ends are slow for the most part. Most of them are slow, but they're strong. And looking at Travis Kelsey just run through that Ravens defense was the most impressive display of a tight end that I have ever seen. And I'm hoping, I am hoping for the Falcons' sake that Kyle Pitts gets huge and runs over people just like Travis Kelsey did. And also for Gronk. Gronk was, when he said, I don't pay Eli Manning, he didn't know that he can do that. He said, I'm slow, but I'm going to get a touchdown regardless. I'm going to run through you. And that's exactly what he did to that Falcons' defense as well. It was a tight end game. And I think it's kind of changing 
Oh, because of Kyle Pitts, and in a in a way, kind of when he was chosen as the fourth pick overall in the in the draft, like that's unheard of, and it hadn't happened in a couple years, maybe a decade. So for him to go in like this, I think it's the year of the tight ends. Your tight ends are going to be go-to because everybody knows you're reliable players when it comes to your running backs and your right receivers. They're starting to double-team them now. So you got to start thinking of other people that you can go to to your team. Hey, I might have to go to my tight end. Hey, I might have to go to my center. He can't block me right now. I might just have to throw him the ball. I'm going to go to somebody else because everybody's starting to double-team their best threats. And right now the tight ends prove that I can be your scorer too and you need to use me before we don't score no points. And I think that what you said about uh, Travis Kelsey is totally true because you saw Tyreek Hill get double teamed that whole entire game. And then Travis Kelsey to be targeted eight times, to have seven receptions and then 109 yards, then scoring a touchdown, that's big money. That's big money, you know? I mean, and Gronk, it was one touchdown with Gronk. That, it was that first and second touchdown where Gronk caught the ball and the Falcons tried their best to stop him. <laughs> and he still went into the end zone. Like, oh my god! Um, this Disney movie is called Amy. I'm really old, guys. I love old movies, old seventies movies. You, you are, you, you, you're not old. You're not old. Stop it. I'm not old, but I love old movies. And it was like it was this big dude. He was deaf, but he was running, and they were just hanging on to him by the legs, by the arms, still going. That was Gronk. And I'm sitting here like, man, this man is too big to be running and dragging folks like this. But it was a great display of what Titans can really do and how you really need to use them in the NFL today. Gronk got two touchdowns. I mean, the, the yards, he didn't he didn't have to run for much. He just sort of was like, at time I was like, I need a touchdown, bro. He was like, bet, I got you. And he just That threw little it. duo was so crazy, man. <laughs> like, and it was interesting. This is a great transition into, you know, the media angle, the course that I like to, to, to tackle. They had, uh, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski on, you know, Peyton and Eli's Monday Night Football Commentary broadcasting. First and foremost, let's get out of the way. It was horrible. Like that, like that whole entire exchange was terrible. And we'll talk about why in a second. But he literally admitted that he does not read, he does not do film. He doesn't study the game. He just goes out there and is like, hey, I, I can burn you. And I don't I know if he you. was joking. I don't know if he was telling the truth, but I had a feeling he wasn't joking when he said, you know, I play with Tom Brady. I know Tom studies 40 hours of film. So I just asked him, hey, like, you know, what's the defense looking like? Who's going to try to cover me? What's like cover two, cover three? And I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> what? I'm I like, please be kidding. You play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has got you rings. He also said, I don't go to practice on Fridays for end zone practice he doesn't need to this man knows what he needs to do he's been playing that long you brought this man out of retirement to win you a championship ring in the first year of you being there i don't need to go to practice what what is practice i think he was telling the truth just a little bit he only needs to be there from monday to thursday friday i'll see y'all later <laughs> i just think that's a horrible precedent i honestly just think it's a horrible precedent though it, it is a horrible precedent because it's like dude like you're not practicing at all like I know Kobe would have punched him in the face. I just I, just, I know that for a fact. Like, and we all know Kobe is different. We all know Kobe is different. R.I.P. Kobe. And ev but even like when you look at successful athletes, and even looking at Tom Brady, because I've I've read I'm I'm almost on my eleventh book this year. So shout out to me, shout out to me. Eleven books this we year. We love readers. Stay in school, kids. And also, <laughs> and also ten. Nonfiction books, and one of the nonfiction books was called The Dynasty About the Patriots. 578 page book where they really truly dug into just the mindsets of Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, 
and that whole entire situation in New England down to the COVID pandemic and Tom Brady officially deciding to leave and go to Tampa Bay. And you saw in that book, you saw and you read that Tom Brady is a psycho when it comes to preparation. And you see with your great players, your Jordans, your Kobe's, your Tom Brady's, even LeBron, is that they know the game and they know even their other positions. Like LeBron can tell you what the small forward on the defense is going to do. Tom Brady can can predict, okay, the defense is going to do this, so do that. I just think that that's the mark of a great player, you know? And I understand because I saw this, this this quote on Twitter, and, it, 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 and it, it's by selfmaster.net. Efficiency is performing any given task in the most economical way. Effectiveness cool. is about doing the things that get you closer to your goals and only those that, they, only those that get you closer to your goals in the most efficient manner. Don't confuse the two. Don't prioritize the wrong things. So that quote speaks to me because is, you know, is, um, you know, Gronk being efficient or is he being effective? Because is, is him not reading the playbook and not looking at, you know, film, is that the most efficient way to do things? I don't know. I don't know. It's not. You got to send me that quote. That quote was good. I might have to put that on my mirror where I write on my to-do list. But, I mean, but when, you name, when you name Tom Brady, when you name LeBron, when you name all these other great people, when you name Kobe, I can't forget him. I have to get When you name Kobe Bryant, those were leaders. Those were game changers. You can put them in the Sports Hall of Fame and be like, they're the ones that pivoted sports. But then you have, they're just people to be pillars in society. And also, when you have leaders, you have disciples. You have people that follow you. You have people that you're going to help get to the next realm. By himself, Gronk is a great player, but he would have never got any of this without Tom Brady. And that's why Tom Brady has to do what he does. He studies them. He does this. Because as a disciple, you're not going to do everything that you're supposed to do. You're not going to be chosen to be a leader until the leader itself is like, okay, I can release you. Gronk is not the leader. Gronk is just there to help Tom Brady on his way to being great. That's why Tom Brady's the leader. Like he's Gronk is not going to obviously he's not going to do what Tom Brady is doing. That's why he's not in that conversation of wow this is how they pivot the game because you're not going to do what great leaders do you're not going to be effective and efficient like how great leaders are effective and efficient he's just there so i can't i can't put that on him to be like ah uh, you know that was kind of bogus what he said blah 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 but at the same time she's not the main story it's tom brady because when you hear who won a super bowl tom brady and friends Ambro mentioned tom brady and gronk because they are a pair but it's Tom Brady first because of what he does and because of who he is and his work mentality. Well, I, I and, and you saying, I guess in the quote, he's being effective. I mean, I guess he's not necessarily efficient to that lane, but he's effective because he knows his role. I yeah. guess that's what it is. I mean, he knows his role. He knows Tom Brady is, is the brain. He, he's the body. Okay. <laughs> you, yeah, know you hear Jordan. You don't you hear, you hear Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. You barely, you rarely hear. Jordan and Scottie Pippen, very, very Jordan and Dennis Rodman. Like, you barely hear that. It's just when you have leaders and you have that mentality, that's who it is. Kobe, Kobe and the Lakers, maybe Kobe and Shaq, maybe Kobe and somebody else, but Kobe. Like, these leaders, they just have that mentality, and that's who you want to follow. You don't want to follow this and this and friends. You want to follow that person that's doing it right every single time. So let's talk about the rest of the game uh, that Eli Manning and Peyton Manning called. So, I wasn't the biggest fan of this one because I felt as if 
they were really restricted this time and it was because they were in their homes and not in a studio or at the very least the studio that were in it looked like a home and i just think that until they get in a lane where they're able to be in the same place commentating the game it's not going to be the same because what killed pat uh, what we're gonna kill um pain manning and um eli manning is the delay on the Zoom and the delay on whatever they were using. Like, I know what service ESPN normally uses, and I don't think they used them. I think they used Zoom this time because that Gronkowski conversation was horrible. Oh, my God. It was so terrible because it was choppy. And Brett Favre was worse. Like, when I when I heard, hey, we're going to have, you know, Pat McAfee, we're going to have Ron Gronkowski, we're going to have Brett Favre. I'm like, okay, because Gronk's going to be funny. Brett Favre is going to be cerebral. And Pat McAfee is a media personality now. But I'm like, dude, that I, I, they could have kept Brett Favre. They could have kept Brett Favre because Brett Favre, and, and they kept saying, yeah, like, you know, Brett Favre got that dial-up connection. He's supposed to be in in the first quarter. I'm like, really? And I'm like, oh, no, y'all was for real. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then Brett Favre was so choppy in what he was saying as well as his analysis of the game. It just wasn't a, a good showing this time. Like, I think they had the sophomore jinx because it, it just wasn't entertaining. Like the analyzation of how they were calling the game, it just it was choppy this time. And I think that because a lot of people were saying, and Pat McAfee actually said this, is that you know when they get like those blowout type of games, when games where it's over by like the third, fourth quarter, that's when they can get into their bits and talk about their careers. But that's the worst thing. Because now you're giving them an excess of what, like 24, 30 minutes, and maybe even more than that, plus commercials, an extra hour to ramble on about how great their career was. And it's like, dude, okay, that's great to hear. We'll listen to it on your podcast, okay? But like, I wanna hear about the game. You know what I'm saying? I want you to break down the game for me. But last week, when it's an overtime game, it was a touchdown that was, you know, taken back. And Lamar Jackson fumbling the ball. You got three quarterbacks. You got, yeah, you know, Eli, you have Peyton, you have Russ that are there commentating the game. That was when they were at their zenith. But if you give them too much time to try to be creative and try to force a joke, it just isn't good. Like, the chemistry is there because they're brothers, but the chemistry was almost offset by the delay. Because it was one point in time where Eli Manning was trying his best to talk back to Peyton. And Peyton was just a talking. But I don't even think it was Peyton being, you know, just, oh, I'm going to talk, talk, talk. I don't think Peyton Manning heard him. Because I think that delay was so bad on the Zoom or on wherever, wherever they were on, however they were, they were connecting, you know, just, just like the patchwork for the video. I think it was so bad. It was so bad, they just threw the whole flow off, and that made the show not that great. But I, I give it a 6.5 out of 10 because it's still Peyton Manning and Eli Manning breaking down the game, and they made some great analysis, and they called it in a way that the regular Monday Night Football guys wouldn't have done. But I just think that the presentation has to be cleaned up a bit. I mean, I'm, I don't think I said this um, the last episode, but for me, or I might be wrong, the, epi the first episode was a four, and I can only boost them mm. up by a point as a five because I liked in the beginning, hey, we're going to jokingly tell you what we need to fix, but then everything else went wrong. So you tried to not talk and make sure you're timed off by the commercials. You tried to commentate more and look at the game more, but like you said, their connection was terrible. Like, I couldn't even watch Brett Favre. I was like, I'm just going to go to the regular broadcast because... I can't hear him. I can't understand him. Then Gronk started messing up, especially when they were joking about how Payne Manning doesn't like fullbacks and, you know, 
Gronk's dog is a full bag and all that good stuff. They, it was cool. And then, like, that conversation that Eli Manning was trying to have with his brother, you couldn't really hear. And so it just made Payton look like he was ignoring him, like he wasn't focused. And that's not what we wanted. So you try to fix one thing and another things go bad. I'd rather for you just to have a bad show than for your media and your connection to be terrible because I don't want to watch you, period. But when when Pat McAfee came on, I was so happy he did come in. Regardless, he, you know, as a friend and as playing with Peyton Manning, of course, I love the tips that he gave him. And, you know, to each his own, it may make him better. It may not. You know, it may boost their ratings, which I hope we eventually get to see. But at the same time, I need you to kind of listen because you guys did better, but still worse. And so this this show has to come up because, like you said, the NBA let them the NBA walk so they could run. But right now they're still fast walking because they don't know how they really want to structure what they're doing. And that's what I may think. They need structure. They need to know, hey, these are the points. Hey, this is when we'll talk about the game. This is when we'll kind of go back to memory lane. Hey, this is when we'll bring in people with the right connection who are going to be able to talk with us and then bring it out. They just need more structure to who they are. And hopefully they get it by the fifth episode, because if not, this this show might be gone sooner before we know it. I didn't, and granted, I didn't see the part with uh, McAfee, and I really want to see it. I have to go back and watch it because I was on the call. It was really good. It was, it good? was good. So that, yeah, that was... it was like it was like when um, McAfee was like the Russell Wilson of this week. Good conversation, going in, commentating. They were do- Pat McAfee doing what Pat McAfee does, doing some um, kind of like the punt punt commentating and doing some playoffs on that. It was great. That the end segments of Payne and Manny, Payne and Eli Manning are great. Like I don't know why they probably just need to record the end. The end is always the best part. But... <laughs> Other than that, like I said, they they just still need structure. And, like, you know, when I say that they're going to end soon, I don't mean past anybody's contract because that's a, that's a, ESPN has too many buyouts and whatever money they do have, I don't think they're willing to do that or try to buy them out to end the show. But they do need, oh, they, they just need to do better. Yeah, they, they won't because this, this is winning for ESPN because what we see with ESPN, and I'm just going to say this, we got to be honest, ESPN is more concerned with their ratings and the viral views that they get than the content. And first take is showing you that. As a multi-year fan of Stephen A. Smith, since I was a child, first take show you that because you you lose Max and you bring in Michael Irvin on Mondays to yell at, they yelling at each other. Like, come on, you, you're trying to go viral. You're trying to get folks talking. The content isn't what they're focused on. Now, I, I think that Eli and Peyton, because you got to realize they're playing the long game. They're playing the long game because they're going to be getting a Super Bowl really soon. So what they're gonna do, and they they tried out putting, you know, Disney tried out putting the football game on Freeform. They, they like they might try out Disney Channel, have your favorite Disney Channel cast come through and talk about the game. But like Peyton and Eli, that's going to be their main way that they're gonna do the alternate broadcast because ABC is is their broadcast network. ESPN cable now we have ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN Plus. They're going to figure out a way where they can utilize all the alternate broadcasts, sell advertising time and sponsorship time on all those broadcasts, combine that viewership together and tout, look at what we did versus just doing it one way where it's on CBS. It's one way. The halftime show is on NBC. It's one way. It's on Fox. It's one way. Disney's going to try to combine it together because they have so many assets. So Peyton and Eli fit into that because they're going to do one game on ESPN Plus, 
They can give you some different content that you can put across your shows. You you can bring them on on first take on Get Up on 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 um um Zoo, on Max and 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 Jay Williams and, and Keyshawn. Bring them on there. So it's just such a win for them as far as the content and as far as getting the reach out there that it works for them. They're not looking at the content to be honest, unless the ratings dip. Because I doubt that the ratings dropped. They probably rose. But we'll see. Because I was wrong about how the ratings look. I thought that they would contend with the actual broadcast. But I was wrong. Okay? So, <laughs> like, so I'm not going to stick my neck out like that. Okay? So, let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the games coming up. So, speaking of Peyton and Eli, they have a really good game on Monday. Eagles and Cowboys next Monday. Jalen Hurts Ooh. versus Dak Prescott. That's going to be a good one. And the ratings are going to come just with off the Cowboys alone. And Jalen Hurts, I don't think he had a great game this past weekend, but he was box office. You know what I'm saying? He's box office to me. So that's going to be a good one. So I think that Peyton and Eli will get that, you know, Ravens, Raiders type of content going. So I need yeah. them to really go get – I need them to go get Tom Brady. One of these games – I don't know if it's going to be the Super Bowl year, and I know Tom Brady's still going to be playing. But get Tom Brady to go in there. Don't have no other guests. I want – Eli, I want Peyton and I want Tom. Period. Period. Like, put him in a studio too. All right. Pay whatever money. I, I I'll help you. All right. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll sell some candy on the street. You know what I'm saying? We'll sell some Girl Scout cookies. Something. All right. Because we, we need to get. Oh, I'm in this with you. We okay. We. <laughs> you we'll said, make money. You we'll say, make you money. said you said we like, like that meme. Uncle Phil with Fresh Friends. We. <laughs> he started laughing. He away. That's how you said it. So let's talk about. This week, week three in NFL football. So Panthers versus Texans, who you got? Panthers. Panthers? They're surprising me, but I, like I said, it's all because of Christian McCaffrey. That's really it, but the Panthers might have it. No, the Panthers do have it. The Texans are okay right now. So Chargers versus the Chiefs, who you got? I'm going to give Patrick Holmes one more chance. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. <laughs> one more chance. <laughs> That's funny. So, Cardinals versus Jaguars, who you got? Cardinals. The Jaguars are a disappointment. I don't know what Urban Meyer is going to bring in the third week right now. Him and Trevor Lawrence got to get together. <laughs> so, Bears versus the Browns. So, first question, who do you think starting? I think, depending on how big Andy Dalton's injury is, they will definitely go with Justin Fields, and I would love to see that. I just want to see him go on the field, because every other quarterback that's been drafted has had their chance. Besides, besides Love, besides Trey Love, he hasn't gotten on there yet, but I really do feel like this is Justin Fields' time. So I think that the Browns are going to win, but Justin Fields is going to make it a good game. So yes. the Washington football team versus the Bills, who you got? Mm, Washington. Really? Yeah, they've been showing some fight, just a little bit. Okay. I, 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 hey, look, I've been wrong before. Like how I was with this Chiefs and Ravens yeah, game. Yeah, no, you be wrong on this one. You be wrong on this one. This game, not that game, okay? <laughs> Two different games, all right? So I picked the Bills on this one. So Colts and Titans, who you got? Titans. Titans for sure. I, I think that too. Saints versus Patriots, who you got? Patriots. Okay. All right. Then, Matt, then, Matt Jones has, is proving himself. All right. All right. Like, and, but it's certain games I'm not picking. I'll pick that one. I think I don't know. I think I think the Patriots. Like I, I'll go with a safe pick. So Falcons versus Giants. Who you got? I'm praying for the Falcons. No, the Falcons gonna win this game. Come on, they're, they're gonna they're, they're gonna win this game. It's the Giants, bro. Come on. Okay, well, we said that about 
I mean, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. We did not say that about the Eagles or the Buccaneers. Quarterback to Matt Ryan that took that that didn't do what it was supposed to do. <laughs> like we like 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 we we are we are not gonna like this is the Giants, not the Eagles. This ain't Jalen Hurts. This is the Giants. Come on, dub. Okay, so Bengals versus Steelers. Who you got? Steelers. We already said Ravens versus Lions. I said Ravens. Who, who you think Ravens Lions? Who you got? It's Ravens. Okay. Obviously. We, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Okay, so Jets Broncos, <laughs> your boy Zach Wilson, who you got? Broncos. Dolphins Raiders, who you got? It's gonna have to be the Raiders because I think Tua is out. Uh he was injured with a rib injury this last game. That's why they lost that zero to thirty five. So I don't think he's playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's tough. I think I think the Raiders get like 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 notch, you know, they they notch this win. And you know they they ride out to the sunset for real, and it's looking really nice for them. Buccaneers yeah. and Rams is a sneaky good one. Who you got? Ooh, I don't want to choose for a safe pick. I'm doing Buccaneers. I think that the Rams could pull this out because the Buccaneers ain't going twenty and zero. Like someone's gonna beat them, and I think it's gonna be the Rams because the Patriots not gonna beat them. So somebody's gonna beat them in this four game stretch. They play the Patriots next week, and that's gonna be. I'm so ready for that game. Like that's like. That's akin like LeBron that first year. Well, not as far as Venom and Vitriol, because Tom Brady did what he had to do. But, like, that's like LeBron with the Heat coming back to, you know, the Cavaliers and how that was. So I'm excited for that one. That, that one should break rating records for real. The storyline is crazy. But I think the Rams is going to go crazy. Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald, I think, I think Aaron Donald got something to say about Tom Brady, all right? I got yeah. something to say. All right, just, just saying. So Seahawks and Vikings, who you got? Seahawks. I feel like they can pull this one off. For sure. Patrick Packers and 49ers, who you got? Ooh. I don't I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers kind of did it. Um, he might be coming back. So Packers. Hey, all right. Yeah. I, th- I think so too. I think that's gonna be a good one though. Eagles, Cowboys, so that's gonna be a good Monday night football game after, you know, you know, this past this past week. So Eagles, Cowboys, who you got? Hmm. Cowboys maybe. Hmm. Cowboys maybe. I think Cowboys too. Um, but I really I want to see who wins that quarterback battle. So I'll ask you this because I think we agree the Cowboys are probably going to win this one. But who's going to win the quarterback matchup? Jalen Hurts or Dak? That's kind of like an mm, two because I don't think this last game like of course it wasn't a good game from Jalen Hurts, but just seeing him now and what he can potentially be. It's just like, dang, and then you see Dak Prescott, and I love his underdog story. He's looking, he's been looking good for the Cowboys too. That's hard. Like, I really want to give it to Jalen, but that's hard. We'll see. I guess we'll see. I we'll guess see. we will see on this weekend. But overall, that is it for us. Ariel, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at A-R-I underscore E-L-L-E underscore and on the Unaxed Opinion, my podcast on Spotify and Anchor. Most definitely. Make sure to follow me at Arthur Randall B. That's my personal page, but also Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and Pulse Radio on YouTube. Outside of that, that is it for us, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>